I've developed like this weird need for white rice since Survivor. I think really? <laughs> somehow like my body is yeah I think I like associated it with like survival and nutrition like even though there's like no nutrition but my body like needs it now when I I don't know it's just <laughs> hello everyone welcome back you are on the island survivor season 35 is still over just like it was yesterday <laughs> well rested now we got a uh, podcast up at like three in the morning last night so if you haven't listened to it that's me and tyler b commons's initial reactions to everything that happened spoilers obviously ben Dreebergen wins it's heroes versus sealers versus hustlers the hero made it all the way to the end he had a nice moment with some fellow veterans on stage and it was all happy and good and we'll see if today's podcast will be all, all happy and good because we're going to talk a little more big picture where the show's at all of the gut reactions we'll leave to yesterday, but we'll kind of zoom out a little bit today. And to do it, someone who's always happy and good and a friend of the podcast, the first jury member of Survivor Season 33, Millennials vs. Gen X. Yeah. And she won a fire-making challenge just to get here. It's Michelle Schubert. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. I feel you. like I said that word. It's Michelle Schubert, Ugh, like a robot, but... <laughs> It's good to see you, and this was a pretty fun season. What did you make of everything? Well, I overall loved this season. It, it started off a little slow, but you're like, well, it's Survivor. I'm going to you know, wait it out. And then somewhere in the recent, uh, probably the final third, I got really into it. The character development was a little different, I feel like, than most seasons, but the uh, the gameplay and the strategy was, I think evolved into a new and fun fun way to watch so what do you mean when you say the character development was different and this could just be completely subjective but i feel like there's usually more characters that you really like and identify with i feel like you know there wasn't any many characters that you like didn't like on this season you know you kind of you get mad at joe a lot you're like gosh joe don't do that. Why are you making everybody mad? And you're so mean and, you know, stuff like that. But I feel like other seasons I've kind of bonded with a character or two or three during the season. Uh, and I didn't feel like that happened this season. And I, I don't know if I'm the only one. What did, what did you feel? Yeah, I think that's actually a good point. I don't know that we've talked specifically about that, but like it was kind of a season of flawed heroes, I guess, because like yeah. you said, Joe was kind of mean. Chrissy rubbed a lot of people the wrong way for some reason. And yeah. Ben even came across, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, as kind of an asshole a couple times where like yeah. he would just be like, and it was secret, yeah. secret, secret, and like all that crazy stuff where like he was clearly <laughs> the guy you were supposed to root for, but at times it was still hard to get on board with it. And yeah. I mean... I think you're right for the most part. Like Devin, though, uh, there wasn't a lot to not like about Devin. Like Devin was really right. Cool. That's um, true. I did really like Devin, and actually, like at the beginning of the season, he was the one I changed my mind about the most. Because at the beginning of the season, I was like, you know, I'd probably want to be in an alliance with him because he just seems nice and not very smart, and like <laughs> he just he would never turn on me. You know, is kind of what I was feeling at the beginning of the season. And the end of the season, I was like, whoa, he actually had some really cool ideas. He was extremely intuitive and was willing to do exactly what was necessary to get to the end and win. Yeah. So. Yeah, I actually yeah. thought we talked about this last night, but I kind of felt like if he had won that fire making challenge, he 
probably would have won just based yeah. off of the game that he I, I think so. I think he had, you know, at the beginning, yeah, like I said, at the beginning of the season, you know, you just kind of see him agreeing with everyone and smiling and laughing and stuff. And then near the end, you know, I think his his idea to have Ben, you know, be secret spy Ben, <laughs> um, his idea to have that happen, you know, Ben go undercover in the other alliance, I thought that was brilliant. And I don't think I've seen that particular thing play out before. So that was, yeah, that was a neat thing that he would have had on his resume, in addition to knowing when to like make and break his core alliances. Yeah. And that was one of the exciting things about this season was watching Ben put on different performances in different ways, like, (laughs) especially the first third of the finale, like he finds the idol like five seconds in and then just sort of plays everyone again and it was fun to watch even if you are in the camp of people who have issues with how many idols and advantages there are now and we can talk about that more later but like just overall what did you make of ben compared to everyone else did you did you feel like he was the deserving winner i do feel like he was the deserving winner and i was actually surprised at how little he said at tribal council. Like, I feel like if I were, if yeah, I were to, like, him, if I were in that position. To, like, give his little speech. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. They had to, yeah, try to be like, yeah, but tell us again what you did because it's obvious. <laughs> it, okay. So it was obvious to everybody that he was going to be the winner. Otherwise, they wouldn't have needed to vote him out so badly. You know, like these past multiple episodes have been all about trying to get out Ben. And if so, if he wasn't the obvious winner, then that wouldn't have been the case. So I feel like everybody already knew it and they're kind of just waiting for him to say, well, look, I was the obvious winner. I was controlling all the alliances. Like I I made the right alliances pre-merge and then post-merge. I was the one, I was the top dog calling all the shots and everyone knew that. And that's why you turned against me and you couldn't get me out. You know, I, I wish he would have kind of summed it up and, and said all of that. And then all of his little intricate uh, intricacies, I guess, his his choices along the way. But yeah, I feel like it was, it was clear that he he should have been the winner. Yeah. I think the editing reflected that properly. One more thing to say about Ben was that similar to Devin, he had an evolving character. You know, at the beginning, he was kind of on the outs. He wasn't necessarily like the in group at the very, very beginning. Right. And then all of a sudden, him and Christy, you know, became that alliance. And they started to be more of the, the power, you know, the movers and the shakers. And then Merge comes and he's all of a sudden top dog or like uh, Joe was saying, like he's King Arthur and he has his court, you know, or whatever. At that point, so he's on the top and then all of a sudden he becomes he becomes this spy and uh, you see this completely, you know, different dimension of him. And then after being a spy, you see him kind of still being on top, but then all of a sudden tables turn and he's definitely on the bottom. So you got to see him on kind of every, I don't know, you got to see multiple dimensions of Ben. You got to see him as the underdog and also as the, like, I don't know, protagonist all along the way. Yeah. And obviously, in the same way that Zeke was able to stand for something more than just himself in the last season, it was cool to have the PTSD awareness type storyline and the moment with his fellow veterans at the end was pretty cool yeah that was really neat and you know i think so maybe maybe i couldn't relate to the characters this season but maybe there were people that felt like they could relate that maybe never had that feeling before 
So, you know, you had, for one of the first times ever, you had the mom character doing really, really well. Uh, you also had a veteran doing really, really well. Uh, these are characters, I guess, that hadn't been fully developed and, for lack of a better, better word, exploited. How do you say that? Like, uh, showcased, maybe, yeah. is a better word. Uh, they showcased <laughs> that he was a veteran. They showcased that she was um, a strong mom. You know, they showcased these different character characteristics. And maybe since I'm not a veteran and I'm not a mom, maybe that's why I couldn't relate. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe if Allie would have stayed in longer or, uh, you know, Desi or something, maybe they would have been the characters that I was like in love with. Yeah, I mean, zooming out a little bit, like it was strange being on Twitter for a lot of it because there's still a way that people react where when the mom character and the veteran character are both doing just as well, like people take more kindly to one than the other, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like we talked a little bit about this during our live show last night, but like people were just like angry at Chrissy and I didn't understand it. Like, I don't know. What was your reaction to that? I don't know if you saw a lot of that backlash, but like, what did you make of that? So that was interesting because not only was it fans taking place, taking, um, you know, a stance against Christy, it was also um, her fellow castaways. I don't know if you read the like the exit interviews from any of them, you know, yeah, a, a lot, lot of them were just like, were like I don't like her. Terrible person and stuff. Um, and even this morning, I saw Allie Elliott tweeted, we're recording Thursday. Allie Elliott tweeted out, I respect the gameplay, but why'd you have to bring my family into it? And then Joe Mana like replied to her tweet and was like, I second that. And like, people are still oh. like piling on, even though it was sort of a subtweet and she didn't mention her explicitly. Like, it's just, it's still kind of going. It's weird. Yeah. And it, here's the, here's actually, cause what's a little bit bizarre to me. And obviously we weren't on the Island, so we don't, we don't see exactly what they're talking about, but it seems like she really did get personal with each character she really did form some sort of try to form some sort of bond. And in her mind, it was all about the game and they got upset about that. However, rewind back to the end of season 34, Sarah was accused of doing the exact same thing. And yet she was like applauded as a worthy winner. Remember this? Like how she was sitting there giving her, giving her, her final tribal speech and half the jury is crying and being like, you hurt my feelings. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so it doesn't seem terribly different, except maybe that Sarah did have a lot of strategic moves in the game, Uh, moves that, uh, you know, shook up the game, things that actually she changed, like the tides in the game more than Chrissy did. So Chrissy, it seemed like only relied on her, her social game, which she didn't seem to execute as uh, flawlessly as maybe she was hoping or, you know, you saw a perfect view of it in that last episode when she gives Ben a hug and says, let's be friends. And then like the next scene, she's like, so uh, when it comes time to pick someone, if you win immunity today, it's me, right? You know, in yeah, that like she's <laughs> missing a step in between. <laughs> she just yeah. goes straight from like, we're friends now, right? So uh, bring me to the final three. Like, yeah. The, yeah. I think that's what people on the jury at least were reacting to was like her lack of ability to distinguish like she viewed every person as like an asset and like I want yeah. I need to know this about you so I can do this or do that and like that's probably it struck me as like they're good traits for her real friendships to like be able to remember stuff and know all this stuff but like it doesn't work that well on something like Survivor maybe yeah 
Yeah, uh, it is interesting. I was sitting, I was watching it with a couple friends last night, and one of them said, oh my goodness, she's so much like a mom. You know, like when your mom walks into the room and says, hey, sweetie, how's it going? What are you up to? And you say, what do you want, mom? Or, you know? <laughs> um, and it was true. Like you could just see that. Um, it. I think that's why she came across so disingenuous was that instead of building that friendship and then relying on the friendship to, let's say, Ben did win immunity, and maybe he would have, if she didn't say anything else, maybe he would have said, well, yeah, Chrissy and I made up this morning, you know, but for her then to kind of, she kind of showed all her cards when she, when she then tried to make him agree that, you know, that moment to taking her to the finals or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, the Sarah comparison, because I, like you said, I guess you could argue the distinction is that Sarah did a little bit more game moves wise, but yeah, it's weird because as I thought about it, my mindset was sort of like if, I don't know, Ben had done this and played the game that she did, would people have responded as strongly or would they have just been like, oh, he's he's awesome, you know? And it's just, it's weird. It's like, yeah, I'm not sure. Where are we at with this? Yeah, it is interesting. That is, it is really interesting. And that's why I feel like maybe we are missing something because we do look at Sarah and she definitely manipulated people. And I mean, she had people in tears at the jury, whereas I didn't see anybody crying over Chrissy's treatment. They were all kind of just upset, which maybe tells me that they, they knew it was disingenuous while it was happening, perhaps, whereas they didn't know with Sarah. So it was more of a long con, I guess, with Sarah. And they kind of picked up on it little by little with, with Chrissy, it seems like. Yeah, so I don't I don't want to repeat anything that I said yesterday, which I don't really remember because it was like one in the morning. So <laughs> we'll try to move on to something a little more big picture. But I do just want to know, what did you make of this jury? I mean, you were on a jury. You spent time at Ponderosa yourself. Like, yeah. what did you make of this group? And I don't know, what, what were you thinking just with your insight into it as the season went on i don't know if you kept up with like the ponderosa videos and stuff only a little bit which i i liked seeing that some of them had different personalities than you uh saw on the show which was similar to our season i feel like but uh i i first want to like congratulate this jury for not uh having a unanimous vote i thought that was interesting <laughs> uh you know our obviously our season had a unanimous vote that yeah. adam was the winner well that was and interesting I, in its own way it, it was it was interesting and it was it was interesting because at ponderosa everybody's talking about the game all the time like why don't you think they're voting out so-and-so do they not realize that he's the biggest threat in the game or that he appears like we should say he appears to be the biggest threat in the game why aren't they voting out him why aren't why are they keeping her why are you know uh you kind of have all those conversations at ponderosa and I think because you hear all the conversations, you kind of, I don't know if a group think thing happens, you know, like you kind of like, it did if for one you guys, person, I guess. <laughs> it may be, you know, but I guess too, like if he would, if Adam would have been sitting next to anybody else, you know, it would have been a different, it, it probably would have been a different, different story in our season. And it was interesting in this one that there was, you know, that one vote for Ryan, uh, which I can't quite understand that was Devin. Um, I, I didn't understand that yeah. either I, like, I don't i guess they were friends i don't like uh, yeah it's funny like i put out a poll I, I mentioned this yesterday but like 
I had put out something on Twitter during the finale, just like, who's going to win, uh, Ben or Chrissy? And I honestly forgot to put Ryan on the poll because I was like, obviously <laughs> yeah. he's not going to win. Yeah. But then Devin voted for him. It's like, I just didn't understand it. Like, yeah. what was the logic no. there? Especially, especially if you're at Ponderosa talking about how everybody's games went. Like, how do you yeah. look at Ryan being on the outside of every single vote and be like, he should yeah. win? <laughs> right. And that is one thing that you that I always remind myself is like there are you know for every 45 minute episode we watch on Wednesday nights there's about 400 hours of footage that you didn't see you know so like there's a lot going on and he probably did do some strategic things and since Devin was close with him you know maybe uh, maybe he had that kind of front row seat to to Ryan's game. I think probably friendship did tie into that as well. I don't know. I mean, that's something I found interesting about this season, what you just mentioned, like how things look out there versus on TV, because there were points where people kept saying vaguely positive things about Dr. Mike, like, oh, we don't want to bring him to the end. And he was like so confident that he would win if he made it. And for everybody watching on TV, it was like, what is going on? (laughs) He's not going to win. But yeah. Like out there, I guess it's just different. I don't know. You've done it, so it it is different. I remember. I remember on our season when you're talking to people, you you on the island, you try to like feel out what other people think, who other people think is like gonna who they're gonna you know who's gonna win who and who's doing yeah. the best. And sometimes that in itself is telling. You're like, okay, well, I better not sit next to that person, even though I didn't think they did anything. They all seem to think she did or you know something there's always kind of um a fear that gets attached to everybody so i do wonder what that was with mike why did they not want to go to the end with him because yeah as far as the audience is concerned everything he tried to do (laughs) either was like completely benign and non-consequential or blew up in his face and made him look stupid and his entire strategy (laughs) seemed to be i've said this before but his entire strategy seemed to be like just whatever popped into his head at that time he would say or do and like it didn't there wasn't a lot of coherent it didn't make sense (laughs) no and nothing it didn't seem to make sense from our point of view at all i was just so confused by that comment about mike we shouldn't take him to the end because he'll win thinking yeah what do they know that we don't and what would he say what would be his resume i don't know (laughs) Um, i was thinking he would be the one that you would want to take to the end right you know, you would want to yeah, sit next think. to Mike and Ryan. Yeah, that looked right. But yeah, I mean, so what did you make of the twist that they had there at the end? Because it was like, okay, you you want immunity, Chrissy. Here's this advantage, air quotes, where you get to decide yeah. who goes with you and send the other two to a fire making challenge. And I'm not going to go out and say it was like some kind of conspiracy where they tried to keep Ben in. But it was yeah. strange to give someone an advantage that wasn't really an advantage and also right. to it save also cost Ben's her, butt again. Yeah. It also cost her a million dollars. It, it added one more challenge. It added one more immunity challenge, yeah. you know, to the, to the game. And I, d- yeah, for that exact reason, I didn't really like it um, because I feel like it took the gameplay out of it or the usual, let's call it the usual gameplay because the game is always changing little bits at a time. But that usual feeling of no, you've got to be in the right position or you've got to do the right things to get to the end. And it felt, yeah, it felt a little unfair to keep giving Ben another shot. And if I had not been out there 
on the island, I would I would question. I think I'd wonder like, wait, was that a last minute? Yeah. Switch through to keep him in the game because they want, uh, you know, they want a hero winner like that. But when I was on the island, I remember there were there's like a third party that's involved in all the planning that has nothing to do with CBS and Survivor that like has to double check all the challenges and make sure everything's fair. It's like a legal yeah. thing that happens. And so like, for instance, when we like toss the coconuts, you know, into a whatever, and we have to get so many coconuts into a basket before it falls, they weigh each and every coconut. And they make the, like huh. this third party makes sure that everything is fair so that there's not like inappropriate advantages given to different people. So with that in mind, like the, this like fairness police that's always around. Uh, <laughs> I hope they have badges <laughs> that just say fairness police. <laughs> Fairness, please. Um, but yeah, with that in mind, I'm thinking, I don't think there's any way for them to have like changed it last minute to say, okay, what can we possibly do to give Ben another shot and make this a little more exciting? I don't think that's possible. Yeah. But still, it you is, don't like it as just a concept, right? Like, it's just kind right. of... I don't really like it as a concept because it wasn't an advantage for Christy. It actually, or Chrissy, it actually caused, uh, costed her, uh, what was that? you know, $900,000. Uh, <laughs> is that what you get? Second that, place to get like a hundred K or something? Yeah. Yeah. I guess not that much after taxes and everything, but still it cost her the difference between first and second place. And it was to- called an advantage. Yeah. Uh, if it well, would have actually, you know, it may be, you know, what I was wondering beforehand, I was like, Ooh, I wonder if it's actually only going to be a final two. And she's the one that, that's uh, what I thought. Decides, yeah. Or she gets an extra vote or she gets to block a vote or, you know, I thought it was going to be something that cha- actually really changes in her favor. But yeah, that wasn't the case. Well, this uh, is what I want to talk about because I mean, you've played in the modern era per se of survivor. So you've kind of experienced this, but like the show has, I'll, I'll put it to you this way like do you still think of it as the ultimate social experiment when you can't get through a single vote without a potential idol or advantage or this or that and even like the final four vote which is historically the vote where it just comes down to gameplay right. and, and who's left and who's gonna make it and like even that's being tinkered with now so it's like i mean yeah. where does it end <laughs> are we well, even, is this survivor anymore i guess is my yeah. question well, there's okay. There's there's two sides of this coin though, because as we've seen throughout, you know, most of the at least the the recent history, but it dates pretty far back uh, into early episode, early seasons, being that the actually best manipulating players don't make it to the end. You know, the best the the people that are actually changing the game and making the plays and making the moves and setting up the votes and twisting the things here and there, uh, more often than not, don't make it to the final three. Because as if you know, at a certain point in the game, when people are realizing you've been calling all the shots, they vote you out. So I like to think you're just giving a subtle defense for yourself right now. <laughs> no 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 this is what happens you know you you target the threats and you get them out that's how so unfortunately the best player of the game is actually the one who plays not as obviously or maybe like plays slightly less good than the best players so that the target is not on themselves and of course this is not how it happens every season sometimes you know the person that gets to the end was the one that was you know calling all the shots i'm thinking of uh one world i think 
my memory's so bad with stuff like this. Okay. I barely remember <laughs> two it, seasons it ago. It seems like she called all the shots the whole season, yeah. and then she won. And so, but I feel like that doesn't happen very often. Well, yeah, the example uh, I always think of is like Russell dominating and then losing to his sidekick at the end because like no one liked yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. So in Russell, of course, is the biggest, you know, proponent against, you know, he's he's the one that's shouting the loudest, saying this is a flawed game, the best player can't win. Yeah. And so that is one side of the coin. And so in in this twist, perhaps, like we saw last night, perhaps this twist is what gives that best player a shot at being in the final three, getting from the final four to the final three. If that advantage was not in the game, Ben would not have been there and probably Devin would have won. Bigger picture, though, like, how do you think this applies, like, not just with the Final Four thing, like, with the proliferation of advantages, like, there was an advantage on the boat at the beginning. Like, the first vote, there was, like, uh, you can secretly save someone or whatever. And, like, it feels weird to have gone that far in that direction, is my point. That is true. That is true. I think... (sighs) It is really, it is really interesting because the, the, like you said, there's so many new, new advantages and there was a lot of idols being played this season. And then there were a lot of things that depended on other people. You know, they took away Devin's vote that one night. Uh, they added, they gave Chrissy that super idol. And so I think maybe what's interesting is they're trying to impact the players' relationships more with these advantages instead of just giving, you know, more idols or something that could only just be saved and used for you. They're making you involve other people, which I like on one hand. Uh, but like you said, now the usual survivor survivor strategy is less significant. Yeah. Kind of flipped on its head. Yeah. It kind of just makes me want to go back and watch the older seasons just cause like, I kind of like the simple mind games of it more than yeah. the, producer created games of it like that's just more interesting right. to me. and i do agree it worries me a little that. bit because yeah. it seems like oh are are they trying to fight off their ratings going down by throwing in all these weird quirks and stuff so that more people yeah. will watch and i mean you know it's it's th- that's the reason why i think it frustrates me a little bit because maybe i maybe i would be the one out of 10 people who would stick with it like maybe people really would stop watching if they weren't doing all this stuff but you know i I don't know maybe that's just my preference yeah no i agree that the game is absolutely changing at least these last couple seasons have been yeah indicative of a or you know show a trajectory of this like massive amount of turns and i don't know spontaneous twists (laughs) Twists and stuff yeah twists and turns and it definitely isn't the survivor of the olden days you know which back when i I was a kid (laughs) back when i was a kid um (laughs) i though i do miss that is one thing i miss is that i feel like we used to see the relationships build and break more and now we only see that maybe if it's a really dramatic thing happening but i feel like some of the votes this this season i felt blindsided as an audience member and i was like wait why didn't they show the conversation that yeah. led to that? I would have loved to see why she did that. It, like, for instance, the very first thing when when the two, I think, it was kind of like the two moms were on the chopping block. Mm-hmm. Chrissy and, and Chrissy and what was... Katrina. Katrina, you're right. Uh, come to tribal council and Chrissy votes out of Katrina. And I would have liked to like see Chrissy's 
I agree that she made a good decision, but like, I would have liked to see her have that conversation and think, you know, I don't want to do it, but I have to turn on her if I want to save myself in this game. Well, and I don't understand why they feel like they can't show that. This is sort of the other thing I wanted to talk about in regards to this season and the last couple seasons is the edit. And I understand they know what they're building toward from the beginning. So they, to them, it makes more sense to spotlight Ben the whole time because they know he's going to end up winning. But it's become too obvious to me because I... I think our second to last podcast episode for each of the last two seasons was me and Ty for like 40 minutes just talking about, well, it looks like Sarah's going to win. It looks like Ben's going to win. I hope something else happens. And then they both ended up happening. And it was an entertaining finale, but I think the finale was proof that they don't have to be that obvious because they did work in the finale. They did not do the whole season, basically, from an editing standpoint, where all of a sudden there was this storyline about Chrissy being a mom and how much it meant to her to make it to the end. And like, that wasn't something they really showed at all before that. And to your point about like hiding stuff, like it is just as entertaining. And you know, this, like there are always a million options for people out there and they don't, you you never really know what you're going to do until you have to do something. And why they can't play that up. I don't know. Like why they have to present it as one option and then have something else happen doesn't make sense to me because like I was about to say in the last episode, like, you know, Devin is on the line. Probably if he votes for Mike, he could save himself. If not, he won't be able to. And it's entertaining to know that that option is there and there's no reason to hide it. That's what I don't understand. Yeah, Yeah, I I absolutely agree. And I, maybe, maybe we are old school or, or maybe we're exactly what the target audience is like in saying, no, show us the, show us the options. Don't, don't make it so, so obvious who's going to win and who's going to get voted out. You know, I feel like just about every episode at the very beginning of the episode, I was able to say, so-and-so is going home today Yeah, because they showed her say that they wouldn't have showed her say that, you know, at the merge vote, right when, uh, right when they showed, uh, uh, the, the cute little blonde girl, Jessica, they showed her say, I'm Queen B. I'm sitting on top. There's no way I'm going home. Right then I was like, she's going home. Yeah. You know, like they always show kind of a thing like that. But everybody it, says stuff like that, right? Can't they, can't they, Yeah. can't they just yeah. <laughs> show a couple different things so that, cause like in this episode, I thought they did something really clever where we talked about this last night, but they showed Devin making fire at the beginning, just like in the morning, like wake up everybody. I'm making the fire. And, like, they didn't focus on it. They didn't, like, spotlight it. They were just, like, everybody's waking up. Devin's the one who's making the fire. And then later on, it pops into your head, just just in the back of your head. And this is what, like, good storytelling can do is, like, you're just like, oh, wait a second. They showed him making fire at the beginning. Maybe, like, that was foreshadowing. Maybe he is going to do well in this fire-making challenge. And, like, it frustrated me to see how good the finale was because they don't make that effort on a regular basis to, like, keep the audience in the loop and present different possibilities where a lot of times it's like oh here's this person gets voted out and you're like what why we didn't see any of that right i i agree i wish i wish we could and i don't know obviously they have a very limited amount of time and so i don't know what they feel like they would have to give up you know if they showed those conversations and those options a little more and i think you know maybe maybe they feel like they'd have to give up character development you know, like they wouldn't be able to make a winner that you all, you but know, they're were. only developing one character right now. Like, yeah, like what else did we get? Like, we didn't get much from any of the other final five for I a know, lot of the season. Actually, Ashley, we saw like hardly anything from Ashley. Yeah. 
ever. And she seemed really um, cool in her Ponderosa video. Like it seemed yeah, like there was stuff video. there. Mm-hmm. I agree. It it was it was interesting to see uh, all of the or to not see all of the options. Yeah, it just and frustrates do, me because I know yeah. they can. Every now and then they tease you, or they're like, "We can do this. We can put together an episode where we show you a lot, and you still don't really know what's going to happen." And then they don't do it a lot. And I think some of it, I've said this too, I think some of it might be the fact that the players aren't giving them anything to work with because the season noticeably got better once players started playing (laughs) and trying things and and Ben had to like save himself a bunch of times. And like, obviously it's easier to make a good story when the characters are doing stuff. But I just feel like with a show like this, when they're already manipulating it so much themselves with these advantages and idols and stuff, like how could they not... How could every week not be something surprising and entertaining where we are, or like where we're connected with the person who goes home in some way? Because like off the top of your head, how many people do you even remember from this season that got voted out where you're like, oh man, or like, oh yes, you know? And that's kind of what I was talking about that, that it felt like a lack of character development. And maybe it's, maybe this is all tied together. Like you're saying, like maybe the lack of character development ties into the hyper-focus on the end players and specifically the winner. And so therefore they don't give enough time for you to, to enjoy the ride along the way sort of yeah. thing. Maybe if they had another 18 minutes, I like, I don't know if that would help. Like, <laughs> like, you know, I saw Rourke put it kind of well, if you remember her from this season. Yeah, um, barely, she, but yeah. <laughs> she said that I know I wasn't on screen a lot, but I understood that they didn't have like, what story could they tell when there's no ending to it really? And yeah. I mean, that sort of makes sense, but at the same time, like it's their job to do that. So it kind of bothers like, like even, yeah. like, I it, think, I it, think your season's kind of a good example too, because your group that you were in at the beginning, the way that it was portrayed was basically just like, <laughs> it's the cool kids versus yeah. everybody else. And that's not but that it interesting. Wasn't the case at all, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and they like, that was that was a funny i when i was watching that i was laughing because it was just not correct but they had to they couldn't they didn't show all of the intricacies of my relationships so they made it look like well i'm just hanging out with figgy and then i all of a sudden was able to mastermind uh you know that vote against mari in episode 2 whereas what actually happened was i was friends with just about everybody on the tribe and felt aligned with them and then I heard, you know, wait, they're, I know they're trying to vote out. We're all, we're all actually, we're all voting out Figgy. But now I heard somebody call us the cool kids. So if they're trying to vote out my, my alliance, that means they're against me too. Kind of, you know, that's what it kind of looked like. And so, and then to watch it, to watch it show me and Figgy swimming, me and Figgy hanging out, me and Figgy playing with our hair together. Me like, and I was like, that's, that was literally every time that we hung out together. <laughs> like I was also doing all that stuff with Hannah, yeah. you know, I was also doing all this stuff with Adam. Yeah. Maybe and not to- playing with Adam's hair, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like Adam and Jay was a good example where, you know, early on in the season, they're just like, he's, these are the cool kids. Jay's like the surfer bro guy. And like, their relationship actually became one of the more memorable ones in recent seasons because like it was complex and interesting and they hated each other but loved each other and cared about each other and like that is something that they do not do often and i don't think they've really done since 
that moment was like yeah. show us a really interesting complicated relationship between two people and have us care about both of them and right like to to the to your point about character development too like obviously you didn't win but like we know just from the first podcast we did with you that like you have tons of interesting stories and they could have thrown in like weird little clips of you just talking about something well i guess they did do the dragon thing a little bit like that was sort of your thing but they didn't they didn't show the part of the dragon talk that i wanted them to show (laughs) it would have been great if they would have talked about some of that stuff but i don't know maybe i'm just getting old and i've seen survivor too many times and i talk about it too much but like those human moments are more interesting to me now because I agree. that's what connects me to the people and helps me actually remember. Like, so I, I barely remember last season. I remember that Sarah won and I remember that Sandra was on it. And I feel like this season is going to be similar just because there weren't a lot of human moments until like the reunion show, basically. It, well, yeah. we don't even really need to talk about the reunion show because there was no reunion show. That was strange. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's just I think that's where I'm at with it is like I want like the I don't want to say HBO, but like the extended version of this show where they devote more time to each person and you get to know each person and each decision is weighed down by something real and something personal and we get to see these different options and maybe i'm just too hopeful because this i don't think this my view is going to happen at this point where the show's at but (laughs) that's just how i view it yeah i i think you're right I think there's been a shift into uh, wanting to see surprises and twists and turns rather than real exactly, yeah. connections, unfortunately. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how Ghost Island goes. It's well, also even, weird. But just by the concept, it's hard to think that it's not going to be just yeah. about twists and turns and stuff like that. Yeah. I also, though, okay, I also didn't, something I didn't appreciate about season 34 that I actually really did appreciate about season 35 along the strategy lines season 34 felt sporadic no no alliance there was no actual as far as we could see there was no actual alliance ever there was every man for themselves and so every vote you had no idea you know like every vote was just kind of based on whatever and it didn't it would switch the next day but then in this season I feel like it was a, it, it had a little bit of reminiscence for me to the earlier seasons that actually had alliances go forward for a long time together. And then it was tension to break it apart or to like these four are going against these three. Oh, no. And uh, I did feel that in this season as a as a positive uh, toward the toward the alliances and the strategy uh, interplay. And a lot of the problem, I think, with the early part of the season was just that the theme wasn't that interesting i mean i've always said that the show gets better once the theme just disappears because it feels like the thing that they just tell the network so that they can sell it to them and then they move past it eventually but yeah this theme in particular was like what even is a hustler i I don't even understand are they good are they bad like (laughs) what makes someone a hustler and why is joe a healer and like it, it, it was just like yeah it was weird like chrissy's a hero because she's an actuary or something like it, it just it didn't make a lot of sense um yeah i think once they moved past that it got a little better but i think overall this season is just sort of i mean they've done 35 of these things it's crazy but <laughs> i don't think i'm gonna remember much about this one when i look back on it just because like uh, and this is what i was just saying like i didn't connect with any of the people really and that gives me little 
to hold on to as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. And I think the more twists and turns there are, the less time we have to focus on the characters. And you talk about I'm, less time. It, like, this was a season where they... <laughs> I can you, I can say this. I don't know if you can. Like, they did what I think was the dumbest challenge I've ever seen, where they were like, here's a bag, bag pull a rock out, <laughs> and if you have the same rock, you win. And I was like, what is happening is what show is yeah. this i thought they were i thought that was the beginning of the challenge i didn't like understand the whole thing because i think i was like i don't know popping popcorn while he was explaining it or something and so when they're pulling out rocks or whatever i'm thinking oh okay so they don't get to like start the earliest or something you know and then when i realized they were sitting down because no they don't get to family member and i was like what <laughs> super anticlimactic like they just pull it out and now they're done. Yeah, I would have loved to see, I don't know, even like a three-legged r- r- climb up a tree. Like, you you know, tie to your family member and climb a tree together. Anything, like, could have been more entertaining than a rock draw. But Yeah, we joked about this, but, like, Jeff Probst had a quote afterward where he said, man, our challenge team did a great job. Like, we practiced it many, many times to make sure we had it right. And I was like, What? <laughs> Many, many times. What are you talking about? Huh. Did he was he talking about that challenge in particular? Yeah, he was talking about that challenge. Huh? Because I know they practice every. I mean, you know, yeah. the dream team they call them. They practice all the challenges uh, a lot and make sure that everything's measured right and is going to happen in the right amount of time and that nothing's too terribly hard or too terribly easy. But that was too terribly huh. stupid, though. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, I, yeah, I know that but rock. I think one that's an example of what you were talking about, where like they must have felt like they didn't have enough time to fit all the family stuff into the episode that they wanted to. Mm-hmm. So they were like, "We need a reward challenge that takes two minutes. Like, we, yeah, we can't have it be a long, lengthy thing." I don't know. I know that. And it did. It accomplished that purpose. Maybe they were thinking, okay, since it's the family episode, there's going to be a lot more people that we even need to, you know, incorporate yeah. into. The- picture here so let's give ourselves as much time as possible uh, about humanity though like lauren's sister might be the only character i remember from this season because when she walked <laughs> out she was just like i'm not <laughs> running and then she like hugged jeff and like it like she exuded more i said i've said this before but she exuded more character in that 10 second clip than jp did the entire season <laughs> yeah yeah that's true and then to find out that like she was the reason Lauren's even on, like Lauren just went with a, to a casting call or whatever with her. Uh, yeah, just much more, much more interesting. What did you think of JP? He was a popular <laughs> character on this podcast. <laughs> JP. Um, okay. I, I, I mean, okay. So what they showed of JP was extremely vanilla, you know, just walking around, catching some fish, walking around some more. <laughs> Say hi to someone. Keep walking. I still, you know, am, like there was. A, <laughs> I still am not walk- sure he understood what he signed up for. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like that. But to be honest, there's always kind of like I think I think the casting people knew exactly what they were getting with JP. You know, I'm sure when they were interviewing him and stuff, I'm sure he was just like, "Well, I don't know. I kind of just want to, you know, stuff." <laughs> yeah. how does that get like, you on a show <laughs> perfect <laughs> 
I don't know. You know, I feel like they obviously, when they put people in the show, they know that there's, you know, half of them don't have any shot of winning, or at least a third of them don't have any shot of winning. So they just uh, want something out of them, like entertainment-wise? Yeah. I mean, he was he was a buff, young guy. They, you know, seemed to put, you know, two or three of those on each on each season. <laughs> <laughs> he was, and I suppose they couldn't have them all be really good game players. Why not? So, <laughs> I know. I, what if they just put all of the really, really intuitive, all of the really, like, smart, uh, like, the intelligent, intuitive, athletic strategic players all on a season well this is well the thing i said a couple weeks ago is like why not have a season that's just people like all kinds of people like and not just like all young attractive people like they usually try to do like because <laughs> like i don't know it's i'm not trying to like shame anyone and for looking or being any particular way but it would just be more interesting to have different <laughs> kinds of people sometimes because like more human yeah like like I was just like I was just saying about the personal preference thing. Like I just don't get anything out of JP being on the show. Like it, it yeah. takes it takes away from someone who has been applying for years to be on the show, and he's just like, doop the doop, I'm on vacation. <laughs> well, however, I think, and also they they barely showed him give any confessionals. You know, I can't remember a confessional yeah, his, that he. His Ponderosa video, he talked for a couple of seconds, and I think he... Somebody on the YouTube comments wrote this. Like, in 15 seconds, he said the phrase, you know, like, eight times or something. Something unbelievable. <laughs> and, like, he's just he was kind of just like a, I don't know, like a boring frat guy. <laughs> yeah, I am actually surprised that they would they put him on the show with the, like, inability to tell stories and the inability to articulate thoughts and... <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, enough about enough about but, JP. <laughs> yeah, but I was gonna say, but like, if they if he was super articulate and fantastical, um, they would have they would have showed him a lot more, which would have taken away time. You know, like maybe they need a character like that 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 you don't really care if they go home, and so they don't spend a lot of time. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I, my, guess I guess the point of this conversation is that my ideal survivor is like just 20 minutes of like them hanging out around camp joking and just kind of watching that for a while. And then I'm like, all right, cool. That was fun. And then just kind of throw in some gameplay, just get rid of all the challenges. You can send them, go do the immunity. We don't have to watch it. And then somebody comes back with the necklace (laughs) and then I'd probably be good with that. Honestly, (laughs) They they could show less of the challenges, I suppose. Yeah. You know, like show them quicker. They already cut out. 99% 99% of the challenge. <laughs> the challenge really? is actually Not, a really long time. Probably, realistically, they probably cut out 95% of the challenge. You mean like time-wise or like... Time-wise, yeah. Or like there's secret <laughs> obstacles that we don't get to see. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, time-wise. Uh, the challenges take a very long time. And they just, you know, they're not going to... They can't show that. That's not interesting. You know, if we would have watched... Uh, for instance, Caleb dig in the sand for mm. two and a half hours before he passed out. We would have passed you know? out first. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 And I, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but when they do the, all right, we're going to do like a schoolyard pick and then we'll set up for the reward challenge or whatever. Why do we not get to see that? Like, that would be fun. No, actually, I've, I've wished for that same thing because like there's got to be that awkward time when like Dr. Mike is standing there and nobody's picking him. And, like, yeah. 
<laughs> and as a like, kid who okay. grew up playing sports at like at a field, <laughs> that was always fun to just do the the picking teams. <laughs> that would be. Um, that would be kind of, and maybe they feel like they kind of get a schoolyard pick anyways when at the end of the challenge, when they're like, okay, pick one more person. Okay, pick one yeah. more person, you know? But yeah, I don't know. That's my view on it, I guess. I, I want a survivor that will never exist. <laughs> but yeah, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was we alluded to this before. Last season, Sarah won after sort of being like the common man, common woman representative of like how to respond to lgbt issues and everything and ben won after being the ptsd spokesperson kind of thing and like i don't remember survivor being this overtly i don't want to say political but just like about social issues like do you feel like we're veering into a territory where they're like we have to say something about the world very explicitly every time to like have a season or like where what is your view of that just in a i probably sound cynical just saying this but like you know just no, the way that that affects the framework of the show i completely hear you uh it never used to incorporate politics and yeah any any sort of social issues like that but i think just the climate of our society has become more political and i think I think CBS Survivor, they're trying to keep up. I think they know, all right, the buzzwords are uh, polyamorous. The buzzwords are LGBT. The buzzwords are transgender. The buzzword, you know, like these are the words we want to talk about and incorporate because if those are the hot issues on Twitter, the hot issues wherever, like it'll draw people to focus on Survivor. Right, because last season a lot of people actually talked about Survivor because of the Zeke Varner stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think as cynical as I, it is, that's probably what they want. Oh yeah. Oh, I I absolutely yeah. it is. And I mean it makes sense because you see these past couple um seasons, I think in recent yeah, recent survivor history, they've they have probably declined in uh viewers, viewer yeah. numbers compared to what they were originally. And so I think... Well, there's also a million more TV shows nowadays. There's Yeah, exactly. There's a million more TV shows. There's a million more reality shows. I still think Survivor's the best. But the interesting thing is that I felt it. I felt a hard push, like, uh, during Millennials vs. Gen X. Like, that was a season to get Millennials to watch. Yeah. You know, they made the Millennials look cool and fun and funny. And yeah, you, were on, you were on the cool kids group of the cool I kids. I the cool kids. Like, as cool as it gets. <laughs> but like, yeah, they wanted Millennials to start watching. They wanted yeah. to raise the viewership. And then again in, uh, you know, Game Changers, then they had that hot topic of the transgender issue. And so now more people are interested in watching Survivor. And so then this time, I think they, they wanted the types of people, the heroes, the hustlers, they wanted these types of people to watch and be like, Oh, uh, I, you know, I can be a part of this too. And then of course, just trying to identify and put in hot topic issues, I think just makes it something more, something to be talked about. Yeah. I mean, this was my point earlier is like, if you mix up the casting a little bit, then, you know, it, it would, almost be political without even meaning to be (laughs) just because they would have a more diverse group or something. But I don't know. I guess it is kind of there. What's interesting is that they seem to be trying to take 
things that are easy though <laughs> like at least easy for people to digest in the way that they're presented like we're like yeah. oh who's gonna argue with this like Varner looks horrible right now or like that's true or that's like, true who doesn't want to help veterans like yeah it's not and like actually, they're super bold. yeah they actually they had an opportunity on our season to make a pretty sticky political moment and I think probably because it was so sticky they didn't so I do think you're right in saying like they they have some you know material to work with and they think well this is one that everybody can band together on and agree with are you talking about something that we saw part of or what are you talking about no no you didn't you didn't see it they didn't show it but there was something political that happened i don't know just just pre-merge or no pre-swap in our season and i just remember uh i think a lot of us gave confessionals about this issue of like polyamorous relationships and i just remember that was a a big topic around our camp (laughs) so like what someone was like vocal about it or something there were some people at least one person on the cast who who was in a polyamorous or like an open relationship polyamorous relationship and uh then there was like a discussion that i was involved in with about three or four other people in which we all had very different views Hmm. and points were made you know it was just it was a really i thought very intriguing conversation yeah that would have been interesting but maybe they were like well that's a little too rough <laughs> a little too out there yeah <laughs> yeah we want to keep this more like woo go veterans you know <laughs> <laughs> i <laughs> because, guess yeah, that course. definitely is a weird one i'm i'm now i'm just trying to think who you're talking about i'm i'm i have i'm not gonna... <laughs> i didn't want to i don't want to give any you know personal information yeah. that wasn't on hey, already but, but they were ready to talk about it on national tv that's apparently. true that's true <laughs> <laughs> So now people are going to just start tweeting at everyone from your season trying to figure out. <laughs> and, and you yeah. and you you tweeted about um, <laughs> speaking of making things not trying to make things political. I think you tweeted something about guns recently and people like th- jumped down your throat about it, too. So like that is just said, the world. Uh, that, and it was so uh, ambiguous. Like, I don't know if anybody actually knows my position on, on gun control, but I said something like guns don't kill people. Dot, dot, dot. Oh, wait, I was thinking of dandelions. <laughs> and is that what the comment you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That does and sound like it sounds sides. like it is one way. <laughs> <laughs> well, both sides jumped down my throat about it, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a survivor has woken up in a different world than it was in when you were on it. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess they're trying to find the things that unite people. Who knows? Yeah. And actually, if this, if that's kind of their goal, uh, I, I would applaud that, you know, pick like a common decency to kind of applaud. Maybe one that seems to be losing ground or losing tread recently. I don't know. So looking forward, where are you at with, obviously, you'll probably watch the show forever just because you're indebted to it in a different way than most people (laughs) but like how do you view it going forward are you more optimistic less optimistic what do you expect from it now and it's i mean it's it's almost like at midlife crisis stage it's almost 40 seasons in it's crazy (laughs) yeah well i'll be honest after season 34 i was a little disenchanted and then after season 35, this season just ended and I'm actually, I was actually, I thoroughly enjoyed this season. So I guess I'm optimistic 
I, I am a little hesitant, and for all the reasons we discussed, the reasons of wishing we could see more of the personal connections, wishing we could see more of the character development and the gameplay, and wishing we'd see more options, wishing there wasn't always just a producer-contrived twist. Wishing they would give uh, you a second chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, I am, I am optimistic about it. And actually, this, I guess, this last season reminded me of season 33 a bit or no sorry season 30 when mike won remember how everybody had been mm. trying to get out mike yeah. for a long time and he was kind of in that same position as uh, ben except with less strategic gameplay i think behind him and he but was he frankly up- like all due respect a little more likable than ben yeah no i would agree though he had a couple little blow-up moments i feel like when he was yelling at people to work around camp mm. <laughs> that's right yeah but that was early on i think and they also showed him like come to the be the savior of you know that during a fight when somebody was berating uh serene shireen oh I yeah i think it was shireen you know something like that shireen, yeah shireen so he had like you know been her savior and then but then so he had all these good things you know on his resume and then he won five i think five straight immunities and got himself to the final three i don't think ben won any immunities did he I don't think he did. He might have won like as a team at the beginning, but I right. don't think he won right. any individuals. Because it was Chrissy uh, had four. Um, yeah. Ashley won one, and Desi, two of them or so. I think Desi won the first one, and then she got voted okay. out. Oh, like she that. didn't win. Two. Okay. Oh but yeah, yeah it, he didn't win like any. And so I I thought it was interesting that Mike through the original like game got himself to the end despite being the one on the outs for the last you know seven votes or whatever yeah but i think where i'm at is probably less optimistic just because the next season looks like it's going to be nothing but gimmicks um, yeah and i, did get that I don't feeling too. i don't love that but like there's always potential for interesting stuff like even this season had the moment where ryan put the idol in his pants and then chrissy and cole started wrestling over nothing uh-huh and uh-huh. we talked about the Ben acting performances and Alan forcing JP to strip down at the beginning was funny and weird. <laughs> and yeah. there was, there's always some interesting stuff. And like, just by nature, it's sort of like, I've made this analogy probably too many times too, but like when you're playing like mafia or something where even if it's not as entertaining, it's always kind of interesting just to see how yeah. things develop because yeah. of the dynamics of the way the game is built and you know i'll i probably won't stop watching maybe at some point i'll get depressed enough that i'll go back and watch the old seasons instead but i doubt (laughs) that it'll keep me from watching at any point which is i don't know sad but true (laughs) yeah yeah no i agree i i plan to continue watching uh i i have the same feeling with you about ghost island uh wondering like is the yeah are the gimmicks and the twists gonna take away from the reality of the reality show yeah you've come a long way you used to not watch tv at all right and now you're all you got no. one show that you watch all the time <laughs> i do i watch it religiously now <laughs> next yeah i don't have you started binging things yet are you that millennial or are you still well so since i got married i've watched more tv like my husband and i will oh, yeah, end congratulations up watching. on that by the way thank you thank you <laughs> Yeah, since I've gotten married, I've watched more TV than the entire yeah fifteen years combined. <laughs> You're like, oh, now. this is what I signed up for. <laughs> 
and no no i'm what else do i need to follow up on from previous episodes in case people listen in order uh no no bubonic plagues since since no nope uh i I mean i don't when did we last talk because i did get i did get malaria this summer (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i I probably shouldn't laugh when someone (laughs) says that but (laughs) yeah what about uh, have you written or learned or created or learned any new languages since the last time we talked? <laughs> I have not. Well, I've been okay. I've been studying a new language. Uh, I've been studying Tokpizen, which is the what, trade uh, language. What? Tokpizen, uh, which is the trade language in Papua New Guinea. Uh, so that's my next trip. I've just been trying to learn phrases and uh, you know greetings and emergency you know sentences. Keeping so. it, keeping it interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's pretty much all we got for now, right? I mean, I feel like we got pretty into it, right? We got into all the yeah. big picture stuff. I think we did. We jumped in and we stepped back. We did yeah. both. For those who are wondering, I know Ty was here yesterday, but like I said at the last episode, he was fighting through something, some kind of cold or flu or something, and he couldn't even get out of bed to come record this podcast. So we had to do the old one-on-one instead but it's all it works out because michelle's always great when when are they bringing you back when's 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 season two of survivor michelle well i don't know i hope maybe a year from now or two (laughs) when it works with your life (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah hopefully that all right cool well oh man i guess that's all we got we've this has been the most podcast i've ever put out in a year because we put out a preview for each tribe and one after each week and this will be the second finale episode that we have so we're gonna take a break for a while probably and we'll be back <laughs> for ghost island and hopefully that'll be good and who knows if we'll do it as frequently because it is exhausting <laughs> and me and ty yeah. were me and ty were gonna <laughs> talk about this um if he came on but like who cares no one cares but but like it makes the show i think less enjoyable because of what we were just talking about we're like the edit seems too obvious when you're watching each episode twice and what and like talking about it it just seems weird and and just like the season seems long and disjointed when you kind of break down each week slowly but like but yeah hopefully i'll be refreshed by the time the new season comes around and we'll see what happens but that's all we got thanks for listening and thanks for listening all season if you have if this is the first time you listen then i don't know go back and listen what are you doing (laughs) Um, or at least go back and listen to our old episodes with michelle because some of the stories i alluded to are (laughs) expanded upon in detail and uh you can hear more from her so yeah go review us on itunes or apple Podcasts or whatever it is now i don't have an iphone so i forget um and give us five stars so that we can do more more podcasts and stuff (laughs) that's my eloquent ending for the season survivor season 35 heroes versus healers versus hustlers thanks for joining us michelle yeah thank you for having me and um we'll see you back next time on the island goodbye (laughs) i don't have i I want like a jeff probst like you know how every tribal he ends with like this is a story of secrets and lies Uh and deception like i don't have any of that i'm i'm just like a quippy quippy little thing at the end yeah Uh, just make up that kind of ties in to the to the tribal council you just watched and yeah well here's what i'll say then go out in your life and find that little bit of humanity in everyone yes focus on the connection yeah there you go (laughs) all right (laughs) thanks everybody goodbye
Hey, one more thing. It's our last Sunday Survivor second of the year. Check it out. Hi, you guys. This is Sunday with my last hot take from Survivor Season 35. Wow, what a finale. Before the night started, I figured there'd be a good run for Chrissy, Ben, or Devin sitting in the final three. Ben continues to find idols because he's up looking for them. Maybe they're a little easier for him to find. That final immunity challenge when he was so close and lost all of his tiles and then had an upside down U. Oh my gosh, it was heartbreaking. But I was super happy that Chrissy came away with the win until she read her, in quotes, advantage. Just to quote Devin from the season, this is not an advantage. That was not an advantage, and that totally sucked, and I didn't think it was fair. I know life's not fair. I know Survivor's not fair, but because the players did not know about this twist ahead of time, I didn't think it was right to give it to Chrissy at Final Four. She was completely expecting, of course, to be choosing who was sitting next to her in the final three, and that was taken out of her hands. So, you know, I believe in the final four, that should be an earned position in your own control. So that was really a bummer. It put Ben in the final three. I was happy with Ben winning. I'm excited for him. He played a great game. He's an American hero. I love all that. But I honestly think that Chrissy deserved the win. Chrissy won immunity challenges. She was very strategic, and um, she killed it out there. So happy about Ben, but I really think that that older woman mom stereotype came into play once again, and Chrissy walks away with second place. I don't know. I didn't like that, but overall, I think the season was good. It picked up after the merge. And I especially liked how Dr. Mike kept saying if he was in the final three, he would have won. I thought that was really cute. And Ryan, who came out aggressively at final tribal, trying to make everyone think that he was, you know, playing a good social and strategic game. I love him, but, you know, that wasn't going to happen. Loved Devin. Would have been happy to see Devin win as well. It's nice when you have three people at the end that you wouldn't mind winning. I don't know. I just have to go back to Dr. Mike. I think he's awesome. And I thought Lauren was awesome. And can we all just appreciate how beautiful Desi looked at Final Tribal? One last thing about Final Tribal. I think Chrissy killed it. And um, that was another reason where, where I kind of thought she could have came out with the win. But overall, good season. Looking forward to Ghost Island. All the people that have made mistakes have to relive them over and over. That's, you know, haunting, pun intended. So we'll see you next season. Enjoy the Survivor off season and Merry Christmas. (laughs) 